Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome to the Launch University Podcast. My name is Kevin Jennings, and I have the pleasure to be sitting here today with you with my good friend and one of the awesome mentors on the Launch University team, Mr. David Farmer. Kevin, always great to be with you, my friend. Buddy, I'm excited to be here today because we're going to be talking about something I know every single launcher has asked themselves before, and that's how can I better position myself for new opportunities at work, with my, with my company, with my organization, in life? How can I just better position myself for new opportunities? I mean, as the old adage goes, that luck is just opportunity plus preparation, right? And so what does it mean to be prepared? I used to have that plaque. Really? Uncle, yeah, my <laughs> uncle gave me this plaque. Man, it was a quote attributed to Vince Lombardi at oh, the time. Okay, Vince Lombardi. Okay, I don't know if that's true, but that's what my plaque said. And I had it, and it said, when a prepared man meets opportunity, others call it luck. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing. I like that quote. If nothing more than to demystify the idea of luck and then say, what are we going to do with what we have and kind of reinsert our own per- sense of personal agency in that. Right. And so today our goal is thinking about what can you do to be prepared for the opportunity? Because there will be things you don't expect. I mean, if you told me four years ago, I'd be here with David Farmer working on something called Launch University. I'm like, who's David Farmer? What's Launch University? Lots of people ask that question, too. <laughs> Uh, but a lot of people say, I would be very surprised by what has happened. But I can say that our skills and our experiences as a collective group have made us prepare for this moment in a really unique way. And so we want to help you do the exact same thing. We know there's something on your list you want to accomplish, and we don't know when it's going to happen for you. But you can do some things in your world to prepare yourself for that moment. And we're going to talk today about how you go about doing that. And so, uh, David, I, I'm, we can just jump right in. I, I think in many ways, you what you've done at Chick-fil-A with the innovation practice and what you've done in your own personal life, you're constantly kind of walking into what's new and setting yourself up for the unknown in many ways. Um, so I'd love to start with what what might be the first idea or suggestion you might give to the Launch University community about how to position themselves well for new opportunities. Well, before I even jump into that, I may just add a comment, if I may, about Please. this whole idea of pursuing what's new. I'm always fascinated by that. And so it, it actually energizes me to think about what could be. I've, I've been through the old Marcus Buckingham Strength Finder assessment, and Maximizer is one of the things that's up at the top, which means uh, once I get something done, I'm always thinking about, okay, what's next? What's the next opportunity? Where do we go from here? But there's a lady that I work with, Beth Pelfrey. She's part of our, our talent organization, and I love something that she's taught me over the last year. She talks about we grow the most when we take on a new assignment or challenge. Hmm. And so um, there, I think there is real value in that, that we'll ultimately uh, be able to contribute at a higher level if we do it. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be viewed as though um, you're just a discontent that you really are trying to grow. So let me go to your question. You said, you know, what's one step? I would say before you get locked in and focused on something else, ask yourself, are you just doing a phenomenal job where you are? I like to say, are you killing it where you are? Because I think you you really kind of need to be killing it where you are to sort of earn the right to look for the next thing. Hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes we just want to skip over that. But I think that's important as you build your own 
reputation over the course of time relative to your work, your career, your ministry, whatever it may be? You know, one thing I would add to that, um, if you're like, well, well, I am killing it, um, but but, I, but I'm still struggling. Well, I, I would encourage you to say, what can you do to systematize and scale where you are as well? Yeah. In the sense that, can you hand someone else a system? Can you can you give the organization a system? Because right now, I mean, you know, I, I think any launcher is listening to this podcast. You have unique skills and abilities. And likely the organization you're in, your own, your own organization or, or another organization, they're leveraging what makes you unique. Yep. And that's awesome. But you're not going to always be in that spot. Yep. And, if, and if you're not setting the organization up in a way that if you were gone, that they wouldn't thrive in that spot still, then I think that's a part of killing it. And that would also give you the margin you may need for the next thing. And so that's been a big thing for me. And it's actually my theme of 20, 2018, actually, uh, is systems and sales. All right, let me go one step further. Jump in there. You're saying let's document it. I, I, I often use the word codify. Have we codified? Have we, have we committed to paper, you know, what it is, or electronic form, what it is we're doing? and how we do it. Next step is, have you identified somebody that can pick it up and run with it if you move on? So in other words, who's your successor? Absolutely. So, uh, And that's fantastic, right? Because that that means killing is bigger than you. Killing it might mean the system. It might mean training a successor, which is developing another launcher uh, to to step into your shoes and be able to carry the torch and maybe take it further than you could take it. And that's a big thing. Um, I know for me, whenever I... I can always tell when something's been systematized effectively because my mind starts to clear up. Yeah. You know, something that used to to weigh me down is no longer occupying mental space. And um and, and but and that frees me up for the next thing to, to go do. And it's like it's like the project appears right as my, my capacity is widened uh in that way. That's awesome. Well, so what's now you have another idea that I know you have and I, I've never even heard this exactly. So would you mind sharing sharing that with us as well? Another idea on how we can prepare ourselves. Okay, well I I think there is a value proposition associated with each of us. Hmm. And if if we're honest with ourselves and we think about our value, um, we'll understand better if we've really kind of earned the right to push hard for that next thing. So here's how I define value. I think fundamentally, value is like a math equation. It's what you get for what you pay. So what you get is the numerator, what you pay is the denominator. But think about how that might apply to you. What are you doing for the organization or the team that you're part of versus what costs are associated with you? If you are bringing in more in the numerator than your denominator consistently over time, you are creating value. The more value you create, those that are uh, leading are want to. They're going to want to put more under your charge. That's just good stewardship. They're going to want to entrust you to lead bigger stuff, more stuff. So think: Am I adding value? It's the opposite of kind of an entitlement mindset. It's just good stewardship. So um, get input if you need to from others, but assess well, how much value am I really adding here? That's so good. You know, and, and I think there are times when, when if you're taking on new roles, which I think I think David and I can, and Shane and, and Jeff can all say, we, we, we're all taking on new things wherever we are. Uh, the, the, the value of what you do comes, sometimes isn't as defined as you'd like it to be. You, yeah. you know, I mean, I can only imagine really the innovation situation, Chick-fil-A, saying, is this valuable yet? You yeah. know, like, is it, you know, where's the, you know, and you say, well, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're saving cost here. We're using the, the, the launch loop here, and this is adding value. 
But there are times early on, especially if you're results oriented, where you're like, man, I just I don't even know my own value. You know, so I would encourage you to actually ask the leader who is most likely to have to evaluate you what they're looking for as value. Yeah. And I, Kevin, I would tell you in my own work, I try to really um, get clear on those things that I do that add the most value to, in my case, Chick-fil-A as my employer. I, filling up my work week is not a challenge. Absolutely. And oh, so th- there's a lot of low-level, low-value-add activity that I could engage in. Um, and I have to work really hard to edit that stuff out and minimize it. Some of it is necessary, and I even figure out, well, am I the right person to do it? Maybe there's somebody else uh, that can help get that done. But make sure that I'm protecting, creating a boundary around the, the, those time slots where I'm doing the things that add the most value. Mm-hmm. So that, again, I, I want Chick-fil-A to, to look at me and feel like, oh, yeah, um, whatever we paid him, He's way worth it. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's it. I think that's the plan, right? How do you go about doing that? So I'm just keep drilling away. I mean, share another idea that you think people can use to, to you know, find a way on how they can position themselves better. Okay. Well, um, as you think about value, think about those spots where you're going to thrive. So assess. You, you know yourself. What are what are the areas in which you have you're you're really strong? How are those going to benefit the team or the organization that you're part of? Um, there is a resource we could reference. We could probably link to it in the show notes. Uh, an author that I know both you and I have a lot of respect for, Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Lynchpin, and the subtitle is Are You Indispensable? Mm-hmm. You can go deep on it if you read his book, and his books tend to be really short and easy to read. But here's the here's my version of linchpin. Think about your role. Are you showing up primarily as a thought leader? In other words, you have more expertise around subject matter than anybody else on the team, and that is a, a critical need. Are you what I call kind of a project ninja? You just know how to get stuff done. <laughs> I love that. You can move it through the organization. You put points on the board. Your results got to have some of those folks. That's another way to add value. Mm-hmm. Are you a people leader? You know, you bring energy into the room. You know how to draw the best out of people. You know how to develop and find people and, and even and manage them as uh, when that's needed. Another way to add value. Now, you want to add supreme value? Do all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. If, if, you were in my head just now. Yeah. That, I mean, that that's what I, I sometimes call a big L leader. If somebody is a thought leader, um, they know how to get stuff done, and they're an incredible people developer, too. But what, not, everybody's gonna, not everybody's built that way. But if you're not, you've got to find something that you're so good at that the organization just cannot imagine uh, living without you doing it, and hence Seth Godin's indispensable concept. Now, I'm not one to do this. Well, I, no, I tell you the back, I am. I, I we love plugging resources here that will help people, and and there's one that said to me about that exact concept. It's called the Predictable Success Quiz. Okay. So, Predictable Success is a book written by Les McCowan or Les McEwen. I think it's Les McCowan, um, and he walks you through how you know the phase of an organization using a bell curve about how organizations develop over time and how they can get stuck in the ruts. Well, amongst he broke down something in a, in a book called The Synergist, um, as well, and and it, and he helps you understand your leadership style and says when you look at successful teams, they always have four different types of personalities on them. One is a visionary. 
So that's the ideas, that's the vision, that's the future. Second is an operator. They're just the natural, task-oriented, let's get stuff done kind of person. They naturally are a list maker. They can't help but think in list. Then you have the processor who's, who's like, they, they can't build a system fast enough. They just love building a system. And then the fourth person is a synergist. They're the, they're the natural people. Is everybody okay? How are everybody doing kind of person? You need those, you need those four personalities on every single team in order for it to do well. Yeah, you know, to me, what you just described, that's another manifestation of diversity. Absolutely. Okay, so we sometimes, we're, we, we're limited in our thinking of diversity. We think it's a gender thing or an age thing or an ethnicity thing. But what you just described is sort of a, a gift mix thing. And mm-hmm. um, when you, the best teams probably have that kind of combination sitting around the table. Absolutely. And, and, and when you talk about a subject matter expert or thought leader, that might be a visionary by nature. They have a, you know, these big thoughts and these big ideas, a project, and just probably an operator. I mean, they just, the, their orientation is get something done. Um, you know, and they might, they may or may not naturally navigate the, ori- the organization based on people, but they're, but they, they just know how to get stuff done. Um, and then you have the synergist who's, who's almost always going to be people oriented in that way. Uh, but to David's point, I do believe that the way he's described it, you can achieve those three things. And it's not so much about mitigating a weakness per se. It's just learn how to hack yourself and say, what, how do I do that? Well, like, how do I move projects? Well, um, how do I, and, and there's, and there's something about it, but I think that's, I've never heard those three, but I like that energized me because I'm, I'm thinking about how I can improve right, so in those three areas. Can we build on it? Let's do it. Let's take, go to another point, build on what we just said. Once you get clarity around where it is that you inherently add value, start offering to help more around that. Absolutely. So you and I were talking earlier, and you referenced the fact that you feel like folks can um, have a tendency to just get reactive. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, what happens at least from my experience is there's a person who, especially if when you're a, a little lower in an organization, the rank and file, for lack of a better term, we're all people, but the people in the lower ring of the organization, they naturally communicate with one another about their aspirations in the break room, et cetera, et cetera. But there are times when people just put their head down and say, I'm hoping I work so hard and get my work done so well that I get an opportunity. And I and that's and that's not a bad way because we talked about killing it where you are. Yep. But the disadvantage of that at times is people feel you're on autopilot, so they just don't bother you. They just say don't don't bother her or him over there. They're just getting their work done. They're doing a great job. Leave them alone. Yep. And no one has an idea that you're even interested in something else. Yeah. So, so they're thinking you're satisfied. You're happy. You're not making any waves. You're not asking any questions. So sometimes that you have to just say, I would like to help with that. And that's it. Volunteer. A volunteer. And, and, and anyone who's in any organization knows when you're a launcher, an entrepreneur, especially trying to do something forward, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, if we call, if you call Jeff Schinnerbarger right now and you said, I have talent and skills, and I want to help plywood people, I have a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a, a strong feeling that they're going to say, oh, you do? Well, come on over here. Let's figure out how to make this happen. Yeah. Because great organizations, great leaders are always looking for great people who can help them. That's right. And 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 if you want to work outside of your department on another project with David and his team, you really can add value. I have a feeling that his team is going to be really happy to accept your help. So here's level A. You offer to help sort of generically. That's a good thing. Here's, here's level B. This is a better level. 
hey, can I help do this specific thing? And you know it plays to your strengths and passions. Mm, well and said. You, you've recognized there's uh, maybe a gap. Can I fill the gap? Here's how I think I can help. Th- that's taken the offer uh, up a notch. Absolutely. No, that, that's to- totally well, well said. And, and I work, I mean, that's a really great idea. And I think that only happens when you think about relationships. Okay. But before yep. we do that, I think there's one thing, one thing that stands in the way of that sometimes, and that is how people perceive us. Yeah. We, 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 we could actually be in the way of that opportunity. We might actually be acquiring the skills. We might be doing that, but not just, not just us in the way booms about that, but our reputation, how we're perceived, our personal brand really can be uh, in the way. And I know you talk a lot about that um, in, in our work together as a team, would you mind unpacking like how a personal brand or or reputation can kind of be in the way? Sure. This idea of personal brand really emerged within uh, the Launch University team as we started engaging with people that were wanting to launch or in the midst of launching, and we saw that how they showed up had the potential to really accelerate their launch or in some cases, get in the way of their launch. Mm. They may have had um, just a phenomenal idea, but people were getting stuck on them, and they couldn't quite get past them. And it may have been the way they showed up. It may have been the way um, they tried to communicate their idea. And so we've one of our missions that we've uh, sort of uh, latched onto is let's help people, one, build awareness of how they're showing up, their personal brand, and um, help them up their game so that it, it really does help. Here's what I like to tell people. Like it or not, you're being judged all the time, especially if you're pitching. So if you're, if you're pitching your concept, your new product, your idea, whether it's a whole new business or you're doing it as an entrepreneur within the context of your established organization, um, you're being judged. And that feels sort of icky to us at times, but if we just acknowledge it is what it is, if I'm being judged, how do I make sure that people like what they see? Mm-hmm. Well said. And so that's where we talk about personal brand and try to help people understand what are some of the key elements of your personal brand and what can you do uh, to make sure um, those are working for you and not against you. You know, one of the things that uh, we asked David to do, the team, a few weeks ago is develop a personal brand assessment. Um, and so I would love for us to give that to you, right? How, how do you evaluate how your image can be in the way or an asset to to what you're doing? And so David's taking the hard work of putting it together. We've looked through it. It's fantastic. And I would love to give you this free resource today. But the best part about this assessment is it's connected to a, a larger concept, right? We're not here to to uh, evaluate how you look, but we are help, here to help you be thoughtful about how, how you appear before others. And that also involves how you communicate what you do. And we have a fantastic resource that complements a personal brand assessment, and it's called Elevator Pitch. Uh, Elevator Pitch is actually our new course, and this course is, is actually the presenting sponsor for today's episode of the Launch University podcast. And with Elevator Pitch, we're helping you think through how you use minimum words to get maximum results. And a part of using minimum words is how you look, right? The brain processes things visually faster than it does by listening. 
And you, and, and when I, I love bow ties, anyone knows me knows I love bow ties. First time I met you, you had a really cool bow tie. I on. love bow ties, and 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 I didn't I didn't do it for personal brand per se, but that's my actually a sincere. You know, I like wearing ties. But with that being said, it helps me. It helps me in in a way that I don't know how I could possibly communicate some things verbally. And we want to help you do that with elevator pitch. And how you look at the part of that, the words you use matter. Because unfortunately, a great idea plus bad communication is a stalled idea. That's it. But positively, a great idea plus great communication equals momentum. And I'll just say this without um, going too deep on it. It's, it goes beyond just appearance, but it gets into words and tone and energy and, and actions and all those things. But they, they all tend – people don't um, – they may not understand your full character in um, a first impression setting. So they default to picking up on all these other clues to try to uh, figure out what you're all about and whether or not they can trust you and want to engage further with you. Precisely. And, and, I, and I think with that being said, when you're getting started with a new idea, trying to move something up, trying to move yourself forward in the organization and get new opportunities, when you get them, they may not be long. I was listening to a How I Built This podcast from NPR, listened to the very first episode of, from, about Spanx with Sarah Blakely. Oh, yeah. And she only had 10 minutes with Neiman Marcus. 10 minutes. She flew to Dallas from Atlanta, Georgia for 10 minutes with Ian Marcus's head buyer, and that's all she had. That I mean, it might have been in an office, but that's an elevator ride. How about that? That's an elevator ride. And and what she did in 10 minutes went from, we don't know who Spanx is, to you're in seven Neiman Mar- Marcus stores. And guess what? That was her very first store. Like, she went from nothing to Neiman Marcus because of an elevator pitch that was 10 minutes long. Wow. And so when we talk about what the difference can be when you talk about a pitch— the first people who bought her product was New Marcus. And so that could be the difference for you. Can we promise it would be that on that level? No. But that's just one story from a launcher that we can all respect that can say, if I can get that time right, if I can get it concise, if I can get it succinct, if I can know what I'm going to say and how I'm going to handle it, that could be the difference. And we want to help you do that. Hey, Ken, you reminded me of a story. Can I tell a story? Tell a story. This is back to brand assessment. So uh, one of the guys that I work with, good friend, Mark Mortakis, we were working on um, service and hospitality at Chick-fil-A. And so we had built a relationship with Hortz Schultze as kind of a professional mentor. And Hortz mm-hmm. was a guy who was running the Ritz-Carlton brand, basically helped put that brand on the map before they were ultimately sold to Marriott. After he sold to Marriott, he went and he launched his own hotel management group. He's opening what he called a six-star hotel on Fifth Avenue in New York City. It's now the Langham on Fifth Avenue near Empire State Building. And long story short, Mark and I were able to weasel our way in and be part of the grand opening training up there. <laughs> Horse let us come and hang out with his leadership team. So we're up there. It's a it's a really up you know upscale kind of hotel, so we're all dressed up. Mark shows up, and he's got on a brown suit. And Horst is very direct, of German descent. <laughs> and he, he just leans into Mark. He goes, why are you wearing a brown suit? <laughs> people don't trust people in brown suits. And I was like, I never thought about that before. But it was sort of an eye-opening experience. Uh, I don't know how true that is, by the way, but he felt very passionate about it. But it helped illustrate mm-hmm. the idea that people are picking up on 
clues, nonverbal clues, all type, you know, body language clues, all this. And he was drilling into his team mm-hmm. uh, how they were going to show up individually, collectively, as a hotel, as a brand. So it was sort of powerful to see him um, jump on Mark and not me, especially. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and we all get this instinctually, right? We do. We get this. We get that. You know, obviously, Mark was there as a, as, you know, as a friend, so he, he had a little less to lose that day. Um, but but I, I think we can all get a lot from that story and, and, how, and what we can do to be intentional. And we want to help you take that first step. Yep. So if you want that opportunity, we'd love to be a part of that. Love to partner with you and your idea. Just go to myelevatorpitch.net. That's myelevatorpitch.net. You, if you join the, the list for the waiting list for the product, if you if you know if you want to just give more information for the product, if you give us your email address on that site, you will get access to David Farmer's uh, personal brand assessment that he kind of cultivated with the help of the team here, and we'd love to help you at least take one step down the road free of charge toward refining how you present your idea to other people. And that starts at home as well, right? Your spouse is here, your idea, your boss, your friends. You Every opportunity is an opportunity to get better at that. We want to help you do it. So myelevatorpitch.net, use minimum words to get maximum results. Now, I think we've said enough about the product, but we are passionate about it. We believe in it. We, we poured energy into this, and we believe that if every launcher had this, every launcher had this, this would be a game changer for all of us. I told Jeff the other day how much I wish I had this early and how grateful I am for the team for allowing me to, to learn from them. Even through the process of creating this course, I learned something. I actually worked on my own elevator pitch for Kevin Jennings uh, over the holiday break with a good friend of ours, George Camel. Took us three hours and a long dinner I paid for to sit there in a coffee shop in a restaurant to work on how do I even describe who I, what I do anymore? Um, and that's really been a powerful tool for me as well. And, and I did the exact, I followed the process actually to get it done. I love it. So, all right. So relationships, I said this earlier, I want to go back to that. I, I, one of the things I love doing in any organization, and I think it's been a game changer for my career has been when I get to a company and I have that new phase, I work, I mean, I mean, I meet everybody. I mean, I go out of my way to meet every person in the building and get time with them. If I, if I, I mean, if, if I think my job will touch your job, I want to know you. Yep. And, 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 and the first question I ask every single person is, what's your story? Yeah, that's good. What's your story? I don't care about your job here. What's your story? Then the second one I ask is, how did you get here? And those two questions with everybody in the organization, especially when you're new, or, or you can say you're new. Hey, it's a new year. I want to get to know my teammates better. Whatever. You know, 2018 is a new year. That's a game changer because it opens people up to further knowing you're interested in who I am. And, it, and, and Tony Robbins says this. If you're, if you're interested in somebody else, they're going to likely assume they should be interested in you. Yep. And, and that's going to be a game changer for you. And those connections open you up for opportunities because the subconscious mind can't avoid this. Right. That's why when you see a Subaru, you see Subarus everywhere. Yep. They've always been there. Your mind is just now recognizing them. And that's why advertisers still do those branded ads for cars because they know you'll see them on the road and say, that looks nice. So same thing for you. When you present yourself before your people in the organization, they'll start to notice the work you're doing. And you've done nothing. You didn't brag about yourself. You didn't try to promote yourself. You being a friendly colleague made them more aware of everything else. Now, Back to personal brand. If your personal brand is off and, 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 you're, and, and you're, not, you're not showing to work on time and you're wearing uh, inappropriate attire at work, they're going to notice that because you made yourself noticeable. All right. So can I give you, uh, let, let's call this uh, a graduate level skill relative to 
uh, relationships. Let's do it. So I don't think there's any question that um, cultivating relationships, building networks is critical. You've talked about, you asked people, what's their story and how'd you get here? And that, that prompts me to suggest this. We all need a portfolio of uh, connection, what's the right word, conversations mm. that we can have with people. That's great. All right, so we need a 10-second version of one. We need a 30-second version of one. You can keep going. Maybe a two-minute one, maybe a five-minute one. And we need the discernment to know which one is appropriate in each circumstance. Absolutely. Well said. Okay, so I think about you going up and, and you ask somebody to tell their story. Sometimes I may have to give you the 30-second version of my story. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Sometimes I can go five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. What scares me is when I'm trying to have a 30-second conversation with somebody that only operates in five-minute gear. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, you know what I do in that circumstance? Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have time. So, totally. All right, so let's take it back to the topic. I, I'm trying to position myself for new opportunities. A big part of that is connecting with people I may not know at all or I may not know well. So if I'm going to take ground and I, get, I need to either know them at all or I need to get to know them better, I need to get skilled at reading how much more conversation can I have Let's 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 run the right play in terms of you I know, love that. Yep. concise. I'm with you. I'm with okay. You. And then if you're good at that, that then it frees you up to be the initiator. Think about this. You get on the elevator, it's awkward. You can initiate if you know how to have a, a you know, a ten second conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bump into somebody in the break room. That may be the two minute conversation, but you've got to be good at getting in and out of these things fast. That's so well said. Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to add to that, but I, I do think there is, there's, if there was one thing, um, sometimes we can underestimate the value of just saying hi to people consistently. Like just, just, just acknowledging someone's presence. Um, I, I re, someone stopped me and they were talking about this uh, at Rome, actually one of the co-working spaces that we're, we're both fond of. We're actually in a Rome location right now. And they were talking about the power of the, the community members here at Rome, the co-working space in Atlanta, Georgia, when people just say hi to all of the folks who work here. Yep. And, and they're like, yeah, we, we everyone who speaks to us, we know them better. Not because we just, I mean, we have lots of members walking in and out, but these particular members, they just always say hello. And no conversation. They're here to work. They're not here to hang out with us. But that goes a long way. Yep. To building relational capital, it's I acknowledge your presence. Bob Goff does this better than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. When he walks in a room, he stands for every woman, every man who comes in the room. He's, you know, I mean, he lives kind of by that mantra from Ritz Carlton, like I am a gentleman serving ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he lives that life. I mean, I've seen him get up, and he, you know, he looks me, looks people in the eyes, and he shakes their hand, and he feels zeroed in on you for that five seconds, and he's done. That's yeah. it. And, and, and that's probably more powerful than anything he can say to you is I acknowledge you here and I'm happy you're here. Yeah. And that's it. And even if you don't know somebody's name, be that person that says, hey, I'm David. Tell me your name again. Powerful. But it's powerful. That's step one. You'll have to go further and reveal more. And to your point, ask good questions. I thought you were telling me your story. How'd you get here? Those are great questions. Have a repertoire of some questions you can ask. That's great. That help you kind of take the um, relationship up a level. And so you might be saying, well, well Dave, uh, David, Kevin, I don't have access 
to some of the people who I want to meet, it, either in my city, in my organization. There's people who I would love to connect with, but I, my role won't allow it. I mean, if I'm being really candid, just for examples, the roles I think often are interestingly limited despite their access as assistants. I mean, yeah. you might see an executive assistant who's great at his or her job, and they know all this information, all these people, and they still don't have the access, which is very interesting, by the way. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, it's like, well, what do I do? My role has a, has a relational or a, a political limit on it, maybe. Yeah. And I heard an idea recently, and um, and I want to share it. It was I heard Tim Ferriss share this on uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, The Ask Gary V Show. And he had a book come out, came out, it was called Tribe of Mentors. You should check it out. I haven't read it yet, but I heard good things about it. But the bottom line is he said, what would happen if you chose someone who you really wanted to be connected to, a celebrity, an influencer, thought leader? At this point, they've probably put out books, done TED Talks, done interviews. They've been on podcasts. What would happen if you decided, I'm going to digest so much of their content, they're going to become a trusted advisor in my inner circle? Then I'm going to go out and say every single Seth Godin book, every single Seth Godin talk, every every course he put out online on on you know from Skillshare to Udemy, I'm going to consume all of this content, something every single day from Seth Godin to the point where, just like my mom, I can hear what Seth Godin would tell me to do in a situation like this. That is so practical in this day and age where we have so much phenomenal content right at our fingertips, and it's free. That, that's what's been so crazy when I heard the idea I, I told my wife I said I have to try this I have to try this because I, there are people who I would love to reach out to and Seth, Seth Go responds to emails I have proof my wife reached out to him for my birthday and he sent me a video telling me happy birthday once because my wife just emailed him out of the blue yeah. Um, but 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 that's not the point I don't need him to do that he yeah. has, he's been blogging seven days a week for 20 years Yeah. I don't need to talk to him about anything Yeah. he's written enough content where I don't need to bother him one moment in his life and he could be a mentor to me. I think it's part of the fundamental motivation behind our wanting to launch this podcast was, gosh, can we help folks? Uh, Jeff and Shane and I had been in a, a small group where we were trying to do that. But we said, how can we leverage uh, some of the content and just make it available to more people? And, and we're going to learn along the way because uh, we've never done anything like this before. And that's how the whole podcast idea came about because th- we only had so much uh, time that we could make ourselves available. So let's let's share it in a, an open forum. Precisely. And and, I, and we're hoping, we, 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 we cherish the opportunity to be considered um, a mentor in your world. We, we want that opportunity. We, we feel like there are people like yourself who are go-getters and you are launching things and you need just someone who can come alongside you. And first of all, pat you in the back, say you're doing a good job, hang in there. But also give you a couple opportunities to, to navigate some blind spots as they come along or just tap into someone who's a question. You can, we can help that help you in that point of need. And so we're hoping that we can be a part of that. So if you're considering an, a mentor and you don't have anybody, please, if you're listening to this podcast right now, we want that opportunity. We cherish that opportunity as well. So I know there's one final idea that you had, David, ab- about how people can position themselves better for new opportunities. And I'd love for you to share that. Well, here, yeah, this would be my parting idea. It's always the good thing if you can make the other people on your team and even the leaders that you support look good. So you're looking for a new opportunity, um, shift that focus off of yourself a little bit, focus on the others, focus on your leaders, do everything you can to make them look good. Trust me, over the long haul, that is going to pay huge dividends for you. I'd also just add this. 
Don't get caught in the trap of looking around and feeling like somebody else is getting something that you're not getting, okay? That, that is a really destructive um, little habit we can fall into. I will promise you there are always going to be inequities at any given you know, point in time. You take the snapshot, something's going to be out of line. But over the long haul... I believe those things work themselves out and you keep grinding, you keep adding value, you keep making those who you're working with and for to look good, it is going to pay dividends for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and I think to do that well at times, you have to have a life plan or some kind of long-term goals for yourself. Because if you look at the long-term, you'll notice you're likely on the right trajectory. Yeah. You're, you're typically on the right path. Go back three years, five years, and look at where you were. Yeah, and, and you'll likely see, oh, I'm, I'm, the trajectory is right. This moment, this 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 three-month period, maybe this year-long period may not be going as I would like it to go, but I'm not off track. I'm not off track. When I, I, mean, I mean, I had some pretty, some pretty big frustrations in 2017, but when I look at the trajectory, it's right. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I could make myself be more on the right path. So sometimes to get beyond that comparison crisis, you need to look at the long term and say, oh, yeah, my, my health is great or my health is doing all right. My family's doing well. I'm progressing. I'm learning. I'm growing. My projects have some stumbles, but all in all, it's headed in the right direction. And, and that's sometimes the right way to give you the right spirit you need as you're serving others, saying I'm OK now I can leverage what I have to give to someone else. And that contribution typically will make you feel better. I mean, seeing you add value to someone else's world is, is still a gratifying thing. For sure. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm, I'm excited that we had a chance to do this. I think I, I trust David so much when it comes to topics like these. We can really pour in all of us in that way. I get just as much out of sitting down with, with him and the rest of the team, I hope, hopefully as you are as a listener as well. And so if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd like for you to subscribe to the podcast. We would love to make sure we show up every single Thursday on your podcast app, wherever you're getting them, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn. We're in all those places. And we love to show up every Thursday and help you with more as you move forward and grow your idea. We believe that go-getters like you are always launching something in life, but you don't always have the plan you need. You always have the resources you need to get from where you are to where you're going. And we want to come alongside you with proven principles principles and practices that will help you go from being a go-getter to a difference maker. And so that's what this podcast is all about. And so if you enjoyed it, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. We love feedback. Feedback is a gift is one of the things we like to say around here. We want to help you with that as well. And lastly, uh, you can share this with a friend. And if you would want to reference some of the resources we talked about, we talked about a few things, books, people. If you go to launchu.net, that's launchyou.net, it will get you to our full site. We can find full summaries of every single show, all the links, the, the takeaways. So if you're driving, if you're somewhere on a, a plane and you don't have access to some of these things, you can go back and you can actually find a summary of this app for your convenience. So that's our goal to make uh, growing on the go very easy for you. Um, and, and don't forget about myelevatorpitch.net where you can get that free personal brand assessment. Well, thanks again, David, for hanging out with me, man. Love it. Great to be with you, Kevin. Absolutely, my friend. And we'll see you next time on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.